Poso maoni work, wai wainan kitana ni mua e yoski pietaya posnotaman e yum MITW podcast. A yospis pietaya posnapi notaman and e hisikimaka e yoso matnamineho kihi. So you're listening to the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. I'm your host, Sheena Wapus. And Gary Dodge. Today we have a special episode in which we will be discussing the upcoming Menominee zoning changes with guests Gary Bisa and Doug Cox. Welcome. Poso. 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 Great to be here. So Doug, can you take us through what uh, tribal departments are involved with this project and what their roles are? Yep, I sure can, Gary. And and thanks for the opportunity, happy to be here. So the departments that are involved in this um, function that we're doing with amendment to zoning are land management department, um, of which I'm the director. Um, per the chapter 625 zoning code, I'm also the zoning administrator, um, which, which has several functions of zoning. Um, other departments that are assisting in this and joining us today, obviously, um, is the Ag and Food Systems Department. That's Gary Bisa's department. Um, also, the Legal Department, and as well as Community Development. All have roles that include some zoning activities, and from Department of Ag and Food Systems standpoint, they also have a grant that's contributing some assistance through, through this process that they're doing through their Ag changes. We started this process in February 2021. Okay, and then can you talk about uh, where and when these meetings will take place? Sure, and we're, we're titling those town hall meetings, so we're going to have a flyer that's going to also reiterate that. <clears throat> Zor will be on May 3rd. Neopit will be on May 4th. Middle Village, May 9th. South Branch, May 10th. And we're going to combine Kashina and West Branch on May 11th. Those meetings will be from 5 to 7 p.m. Okay, and then can you talk a little bit about uh, why you are holding the meetings? Yeah, you know, I guess the reason we're, we're holding the meetings kind of relates to why we're also changing them. Um, you know, the, the changes have been long coming. 2010 was the last real update that the zoning code had. Um, those changes need to keep up with community needs. Um, it's going to give uh, properties more flexibility. Um, there will be uses that um, will be more flexible that will be proposed. In some areas, honestly, had no zoning at all. Once we dug in and started looking um, community by community, we realized there were vast areas that um, had no zoning, and, and we've now proposed to apply zoning to those areas. Okay, and you talk about <coughs> how many suggested zoning changes and amendments there will be? Well, yeah, uh, you know, it's it's a bit daunting when you hear the numbers. Um, it, get, it gets a little, it seems a little large, but the reality is that they add up because of the way we change the areas. As I said, we had to reapply zoning to some of the areas that didn't have zoning and it's just blocks of, a lot of it is blocks of residential 
large areas that we're going to do um, back into needs like ag. So overall, the, the total zoning changes, when you count them all up, uh, are about 200. Uh, Gary, uh, can you talk about what types of zoning you are looking to make? So we have several pieces. Remember, long time ago, the um, when the tribe originally had moved back to this area, there were there were originally farms here, and a lot of those have gone into disrepair. We still have a lot of fallow or wild fields, older fields here. And we also have areas that could be used for agriculture. So we're trying to look at coming back and zoning lands that who knows what zoning they may have had or they had no zoning. And we want to put them into zoning so we can follow that process to allow individuals to lease out parcels and to and, and, and for groups to come out and look at community gardening as a way of, of um, helping in our um, food sovereignty push. We all know the price of food. If we all go shopping and if you see any of the, any of the costs there or having to even have gas to get to the stores and back, we know what those are. And we, we've been waiting for the pandemic to slow so that we could actually get in front of people because some people, a lot of people, don't have technology, don't understand the technology, have bad connection. We want them to be able to physically hear what we are talking about or send a representative from their family or, or otherwise to come listen to what, what's happening and bring that back. So mainly it's in our area we're trying to look at the agricultural zoning district and we also are looking at making sure in some of the conservancy areas there are areas where you know the tribe does not want any types of building any types of structures any type of um, any type of construction or or anything that might pollute the water or or it might be in areas that we know we we should not have housing or other types of things in. So we also want to look at that and, and then plan around even doing things like um, getting hay from that area, for instance, because that might not be permanent. And all of these are just bits and parcels of trying to rebuild our food economy. So the main piece is the agricultural zoning. We call that A1. Okay, um, can you talk about what impact uh, the zoning would have on existing parcels? Well, in a lot of ways, there would not be any impact because it's just updating uh, it to its current use, the, the actual parcels. It's, it's because we hadn't done this in so long. So we want to come back and clean things up. So an example might be in Neopit, we know there's a house that was zoned commercial because it used to be a store. Well, it's not a store anymore. We need to clean that up and come back and change that back to residential. And we also know that on, um, I've heard from Doug that on Highway 55 area, we don't even have those, where we have the residential homes, we do not even have 
those areas zoned at all. So we want to come back and give them that designation. And I believe that also then allows for um, clarification on, for instance, if you wanted a trailer home there, maybe. So, so we're looking at doing those types of things. But typically, it, we don't believe it would have any detrimental. We think that clarification also helps if you are looking at types of loans or grants for a lot of different purposes. They want to make sure you have um, a version of clear title to that or, or you have the ability to um, control it for, for so many years for the use you're going towards. Okay, and I know you're having these town hall meetings uh, in the communities. Can you talk about why you're looking for input from the communities? Well, I sort of spoke on that before. You know, the reservation is, is almost a quarter million, you know, acres. So as we look at this, we know our responsibility that we all are responsible for um, oversight and protection of this beautiful reservation. So when we look at making changes, it will not be the it will not be the um, Ag Department making those changes. Uh, it will be community members giving input on what, what those should be and what those needs are. We're trying to get as much input from everybody and then we will make those decisions. Okay, and can you talk about the ways in which you're uh, gathering this input? Well. For sure, we are looking at um, the town hall meetings. And within those, uh, I don't know, I remember if Doug mentioned that or not, but we are trying as much as we can. If we can go um, live, if we can broadcast it live, if we can do Zoom or, or something else, we will try to do that. Now, it may be that Zor may not have that capacity. It may be that um, South Branch may or may not. We're trying to, to see if we can't get that there, though. But we're trying to, first of all, go in front of, publicly go in front of people and getting their verbal input. We'll be recording the meetings. We will also be accepting written comment. And they can go to the tribal chair's office to Melissa Cook. She is um, M. Cook at MITW.org. So we can send it to Melissa. It can come to um, either to Doug's land management department or to Department of Ag and Food Systems. So we try to get that input and we, we are supposed to, um, when we go through zoning, to seriously consider any of the input that comes in. So that's what we're doing. We, we also know as we go through the town hall meetings and we take that input, that helps inform us when we go to uh, community development, they have a standing committee and we would have to go in front of, in front of there. But that's, there is that process. This, whatever we come up with, this will be tribal, tribal law, zoning is law. And it gives you some certainty and it, and it gives you some assurance that if you if you buy um, irrigation tubing and, and you set up that somebody isn't going to come take that away from you 
you know, or say, hey, you can't be doing this. We want certainty with what we are doing so individuals can, can follow whatever that zoning says is allowable and then they can, then they can um, invest money and not worry about it um, being taken away from them. So <clears throat> we go through the zone, uh, we go through the town hall meetings and again, we have them in each community we take that input, then the Community Development Standing Committee, that's one of MTL's committees, standing committees, they will call a special meeting specific to, to the zoning that we are talking about. So they would go through that full process. If, they, if and when they approve that, then it goes to first consideration to Menominee Tribal Legislature. They they hear out what we are attempting to do. They may or may not give comment then, but typically they would, if they believe it's worth, if it's worthy of moving to public hearing, they they then make a motion and approve approve it and send it to public to send it to public hearing. The public hearing typically happens on the same day that Menominee Tribal Legislature would meet. Doesn't mean it has to, but they have a public hearing where you get another chance to give comment. All, actually, all along through these steps, you can give that. But after public hearing, if there are no major um, recommendations or suggested amendments or edits to what had been pushed along through town hall meeting to comdev meeting to first consideration by legislature, at public hearing, if there are no major changes recommended, uh, MTL at their regular meeting after that then may or may not approve it and then it would be finalized and these changes would be in place. Okay, um, so we kind of have gone over a lot of information. So Doug, do you have any um, kind of final closing remarks for people? Yeah, I think, and again, th thanks for the opportunity to get the public involved here. You know, it's a way to get them get them out there and, and I'm assuming the podcast we can we can add that to our information that that gets posted as we go forward so so I appreciate that um, thanks to the public and, and and again hopefully the involvement to all of those that hear this and, and see our flyer will be attending uh, those public meetings but remember um, to attend the town halls as well and again May 3rd and 4th um, are the are the first two, so Zor will be May third. That'll be at the community building in Zor, five to seven p.m. Neopit on May fourth. That's at the new, new well, a fairly new Neopit police precinct there, in their meeting room. Great facility. We'll have ability to do Zoom there on May fourth. Uh, Middle Village at Manuasekia meeting room on May 9th. Again, we'll have capability to do Zoom. There, so we'll be able to link folks in. May 10th will be Kashina and, and West Branch combined. That'll be at the Culture Center. Again, 5 to 7 p.m. And once again, Zoom capabilities. So we'll put that link out there. Link out there. Sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. So South Branch is actually on May 10th. I think I had that wrong. May 10th in South Branch and May 11th in Kashina. So just making a correction there. And Doug, and we, so we may, Doug, we may want to remind them that light, 
snacks will be served. You know how you know how people sometimes it draws additional people if you if you know that you're not going to be hangry while you're sitting there. You're going to get something to eat anyways. And Doug, yep. maybe I I think one important piece, uh, Sheena, that we might speak of is when we talk about zoning, there are also procedures and regulations within a zoning ordinance that we are also asking for input on. And in relation to um, agriculture and food sovereignty, we are, we are proposing on our residentially zoned um, individual leases that we allow beehives, you know, for honey and chickens or poultry raising and gardens allowed. And within that, we want to know what type of regulations make sense and what 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 is safe not only for for the actual um, chickens and bees but for but for the people and the neighbors and what what is hygienic in, in what we're doing so we want to make sure that we also develop then those regulations so somebody doesn't go out and buy a beehive or build and create and spend money on a chicken coop and then find out that their neighbors are saying you didn't you didn't follow the regulations, this is not safe. So we wanna set those in place and make sure everybody understands them and what, what could and should be allowable. And our department actually would, would help with that. And Doug, I know you also have other types of procedures and processes that maybe we never had or that you wanna make sure in today's age we, we have in place. Yeah, and, and, and similar to, as Gary explained, you know, we're going to talk about some of those districting that we have in the ordinance already, that some are going to be newly zoned districts, and those processes will be, in fact, sheets. So at the town hall meetings and any information we get out there, you'll see some of the materials. We've got fact sheets for each one of them districts that'll explain what things can you do on your on your parcels and what things can't you do this has always been in place when you get to those uses we call them uses that may not be a granted use in the code but but can be granted through what's called a variance that that variance procedure currently isn't outlined in the code we've been <laughs> we've been sort of making it up as we go uh, since the code passed which is which is a little troublesome obviously so the committee entertains all these variance requests and without a procedure it's been difficult so we're going to bring that procedure over and put a clear defined step-by-step -step procedure on how we as tribal members that that occupy these districts and your parcels uh, apply and get through this variance process so those are some of the examples that that are going to be in there and again we're going to have information here coming out of this um, watch the MITW website and the Facebook page. We're going to have this information up there. Hopefully these recordings will be up there. We'll have the town hall flyer up there. And additionally, at the town hall meetings, we'll have more information as well for them, including some maps. Okay. okay. Thank you guys for joining us today.
Wyoming for listening to the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. You can find us on all major podcasting platforms. You can also listen to the podcast on menominee-nsn.gov under the community tab. Keep up to date by following us on Facebook at MITW Podcast. If you have any topic suggestions or questions, you can send those to us at podcast at mitw.org.